Check us out in Michigan on the first weekend of November at Grand Rapids Comic Con. Hope to see you there. This episode brought to you by Chime, the award-winning app and debit card that can save you money today. Hello, I'm the Nostalgia Critic. Guy, remember it so you don't have to. Ever since the stage play in 1904, there's been countless versions of Peter Pan. While many people see the Disney one as the definitive version, <laughs> that's funny, there's been a big push to create the new definitive version. And this is another attempt. Released in 2003, this version of Peter Pan is one of the most ambitious, but also one of the spazziest. The tone is all over the place, the pacing goes from calm and relaxed to hyperactive in a millisecond. Even the effects go from Hollywood movie to game based on the Hollywood movie pretty quick. The film does try to stand out from the others though, with some inventive cinematography, unique changes to the story, and a pretty good cast that leave their impressions on these characters we all know so well. But does that ultimately balance out to a good film or a bad film? Well, we're gonna take a look back to see. Exactly 20 years later, let's take a look back at the boy who didn't grow up. Unless you watch them in frailty. Oh, how dreadful. This is Peter Pan. The film opens echoing that thought, reminding us that every child grows up except one. Ah, uh, have you seen how YouTubers make a living? We are many. We see Wendy Darling, played by Rachel Hurd Wood, telling the story of Cinderella except with a few pirates thrown in. Cinderella flew through the air, surrounded by pirates. We have come for ye glass slippers. Christ, why can't that be the Disney remakes? To give you an idea on the film's weird pacing, Peter appears literally two minutes in. Hell, two seconds if you count his shadow. And then suddenly it's revealed there's an off-screen narrator, right after a narrative text. The night on which the extraordinary adventure begun was the night Nana barked at the window. Okay, is that a major complaint? No, but it kind of shows the lack of focus the film has right from the beginning. I still remember the way they built up Peter Pan in the Disney version. From the dialogue, to his silhouette, to that creepy-ass smile that should be a slasher killer mask. In this one, he's just there. It's little details like that that sometimes sucks us out of the excitement of the story. But with that said, there's little details that help too. The effects, for instance, are a perfect example of not looking real, but looking good. It's kinda like Sin City. You know it's all green screen, but the visuals they create are so good, you actually appreciate that they don't look real. They're like matte paintings in older movies. Why look realistic when you can create a different world that's practically its own work of art? This film honestly has a very unique visual look. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. Clearly the way around is to make the Native Americans every race with very few actual Native Americans in them. Mrs. Darling was the loveliest lady in Bloomsbury. A lot of the narration is taken straight from the book including J.M. Barry's very vague redefining of the word kiss, which in a more modern movie like this can come across as almost eerie. With a sweet mocking mouth that had one kiss on it that Wendy could never get, perfectly conspicuous in the right-hand corner. Can't tell if lesbian awakening, incestual creepiness, or just British people forgetting physical affection's a thing. Is that a kiss? <gasps> Their aunt says Wendy is developing her own kiss, meaning she's either emerging into womanhood or finding true love. With creepy scenes like this, I doubt it's the latter. 
Once again is Peter, played by Jeremy Sumner, who accidentally loses his shadow watching Wendy like Denny from The Room. Or maybe it's the fact that the actor couldn't fit through the window because he went through a huge growth spurt during filming. So they had to redesign the window three times during production. <laughs> Wendy draws some Tina Belcher fan art landing her in trouble. You see in the early 1900s this was practically an OnlyFans account. As we cut to Mr. Darling at work, played by Jason Isaacs, sticking to the tradition of playing both the father and Captain Hook. Uh, um... One weird change they make, though, is that Mr. Darling is weirdly kind of a wimp. It made sense to make the father have a temper so it's easy for the kids to see him as a pirate. But when they return home, they see he wasn't a monster, just an overbearing parent who legit still loved them. Here, he's so timid, he has to plan out small talk. I seem to spend time. He only gets angry when the kids accidentally ruin his attempt at small talk with the boss, resulting in him giving the blow up we'd expect in the story. This is not a nurse! This is a dog! But that's not his personality most of the time. The kids aren't intimidated by him, so it seems strange to also make him Hook. Hell, it almost make more sense to make the Ant Captain Hook, as she seems like more of a threat to the kids. But the flip of that is, I really don't see the same actor in these two parts. He really does seem like an entirely different person as Mr. Darling and as Captain Hook. Allowing him to really show off his acting chops, so again, there are some advantages to this. It's time for you to grow up! He says Wendy has to live with her aunt in order to properly grow up, and that the kids no longer should have a dog as a nanny. And I have to admit, I love him stripping Nana of her uniform. <gasps> no, not that, steady on. There's a nice speech Mrs. Darling gives about their father sacrificing his dreams for his family. He's put away many dreams. He put them in a drawer. But it gets harder and harder to close the drawer. So many rejection letters to be a pole dancer. And the two of them go out while the aunt looks after the children. Oh great, Pazuzu's probably possessing one of the kids. The fairy Tinkerbell enters the room, looking like Shelley Duvall for a second. And Peter follows shortly after, trying to get his shadow back. The scene of the shadow pretending to belong to the ant is also a nice touch. Thank God boy shadows always carry drag wigs with them. Wendy and Peter finally meet, and both these actors really work well off each other, creating some believable chemistry. What is your name? Peter. Pan. Where do you live? In a place that gives me no British accents like yours. Yeah, I don't know why that never bothers me in most versions. Oh, the cleverness of me! Of course, I did nothing. Ah, you did a little. Sumner plays confidently impatient and energetically confused very well, knowing he wants to impress Wendy, but not really sure why. I should like to give you a kiss. Don't you know what a kiss is? It can range from a trinket to weird googly eyes you give your mother's mouth. And I'm a Tink. Tink? She's my fairy. There's no such thing as Don't say that. This is gonna end with somebody's blood on the wall. Tinkerbell, of course, is jealous of Wendy and tries to stop her when she tries to give Peter a, quote, thimble. Which, of course, is a real kiss. She's not very polite. She says if you try to give me a thimble again... She'll piss all over your bed with her fairy dick. Whoa, I'm discovering a lot about you, Tink. Michael and John wake up, and he of course teaches them that with pixie dust and a happy thought, they can fly to Neverland. Forget them all. Come with me where you'll never, never have to worry about grown-up things again. Man, for a kid who doesn't grow up, he's acting like something is growing in his jelly green giant tights. Nana gets the parents' attention by using the same weird close-up as before, because it was so well composed it had to be used again. And they rush home to find their children gone. 
They fly their way into the Jimmy Neutron movie and make their way to Neverland. Slash maybe Monkey Island. Again, I don't care. These visuals look awesome. The weather calls for a heavy chance of God today. We're then introduced to the pirates who are stuck in the cold. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna like a Peter Pan movie where that's the first pirate you see. Spring's not due till 3 p.m. And then till then... Never interrupt my sleeping by vibrator candlelight. I was dreaming, Smee. This is naturally Captain Hook, who Isaacs plays as a bipolar drunk, and by God, it kind of works. I threw my hand to a crocodile. The beast liked it so much. It's followed me ever since. The beast, of course, being alcoholism. I've made it to my 13th step, though. Relapse. Peter and the gang hide out in Carolot as the pirates spot them and try to take them down. Take Find Wendy. Peter tells Tink to take everyone to the Lost Boys, but she tells them that Wendy is a bird that needs to be shot down. Tink says the bird's called a Wendy. We call her a bird. Uh, we also call her a bird. Shoot the Wendy bird. Wendy! Hey! The best Peter Pan stories always have some bit of dark humor in them. They find out, of course, it's not a bird, and Peter's dismayed to find Wendy shot dead. Tragic. Awful. Good shot, though. Okay, I swear that's only the second time I'm only gonna say, that's a good dark joke. It's also pretty sick that not only is Tinkerbell okay with Wendy getting killed, but also the boy that shot her. Who's there? Strike, Peter. Strike true. Well, that's a shame, but I gotta build up to the moment where I become big, get blue balls, and then shrink back down. If two kids gotta die, so be it. Wendy lives, though, as the trinket Peter gave her protects her from the arrow. When Peter finds out Tink is to blame, he banishes her and makes a house around Wendy. Cause, you know, when guys don't want to confront emotion, we just build stuff. For you, we built this house. Please be our mother! Freud's watching this right now saying, come on, prove me wrong a little! We must bank the children immediately before they try to kill you again. In fact, we should kill them. Ah! Whoops, the script from another Peter Pan property slipped in there. Michael. John. My brothers! They forget for a moment that John and Michael are gone, and for that matter, so do we. Okay, I like the focus is on Peter and Wendy, as that is technically the name of the book, but Michael and John are really forgettable in this. I don't think it's the actor's fault, they're just not given much to do. Just giving John glasses doesn't suddenly mean, and he's the smart one. <laughs> they run into Tiger Lily, who runs into pirates, who all run into each other. Princess. I say, unhand that savage, you, you savage! That is such an offensive term. They prefer sea robbers. Congratulations, Douglas. You did it. You saved everything. You saved Earth from an asteroid by punching another asteroid into it. You told taxes they suck, so they stopped happening. And you made world peace happen because you said, hey, do it for me. I saved the world from an asteroid. And it all started with you saving a little money with Jai. A little extra money helps everyone live their best lives, and Chimes Online Checking Account is here to help you live yours. With Chimes Online Checking Account, you can enjoy lots of perks, like fee-free overdrafts up to $200. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. No more pesky overdraft fees and no impact on your credit score to apply. That's where it all started, with Chime. You even solved world hunger by suggesting we eat ourselves. True, humanity is gone now, they ate themselves, but the world is still around, and it's not hungry. Get paid up to two days earlier. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. 
access over 60,000 fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Pay friends through Chime no matter what bank account they use. And cash out your money fee-free. You did well, Douglas. The world is a better place despite there being no more people. You're the only one left, and even then there's not a lot of you because you ate most of yourself. There's literally nothing under the kawaii part of your shirt and you're just sitting deliriously on a rock. But you are not delirious about Chime. Signing up for Chime takes minutes, so join the millions of other Chime members and sign up today. Get started at Chime.com nostalgia. That's Chime.com nostalgia. Granted, it would probably help if there were people still left in the world to sign up for it. Perhaps the silly voice will help. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank. NA or Bank, NA members, FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees apply. Mmm, that's good finger. Chime. Doug plays Spider-Man 2 every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there. Peter and Wendy go to the mermaids to see if they know where John and Michael are. Who are more like the ring girl if they spoke gods must be crazy ease. Well, if there's anything, literally the first people I met taught me is trust everybody here. They're told Hook has her brothers at Castle Greyskull where they plan to drown them to lure out Peter. Wendy lures Hook out though as Peter imitates his voice to demand his friends be set free. Isaac's reaction here is hilariously confused. Where are the children? We let him go. You what? We let him go. And what part of your ass would you like to eat for your last meal? Pan reveals himself and they have a big duel. <laughs> we discover Wendy's play sword fighting is, I guess, as on point as a pirate sword fighting. And also relationships move really fast in Neverland. Now you're pregnant. Ah! Don't look at me, Neverland rules. You shall die. To die will be an awfully big adventure. Well, the box office disagrees. The crocodile wanders in though, scaring the pirates off and allowing the kids to escape. Tiger Lily's tribe celebrates her safe return as Peter and Wendy get some alone time. Ew, it's a fairy orgy. I didn't know their wings could fit in there. But Hook almost randomly eavesdrops on them along with Tinkerbell. He has found himself Wendy and Hook is all alone. Did they both think they were gonna end up with him? What's going on? Wendy, it's only make-believe, isn't it? That's why we have these purple Fellowship of the Ring filters. Again, these two have a very convincing chemistry with both of them trying to figure out the feelings they have for each other. The only difference is Wendy is more accepting of them and Peter is more in denial of them. Why do you spoil everything? We have fun, don't we? I taught you to fight and to fly. What more could there be? I don't know, but I think it has this music. They add a moment I don't usually see in Peter Pan, but I really like where Peter goes back to the Darling House to see how much Wendy's parents miss their children. But Peter doesn't want to share them. The window is closed! It must always be open for them! Always, always! I like dramatic moments in kids' films that remind you a parent's fear of losing their kids can be very terrifying. 
I also think it's possible Peter might be jealous because he abandoned his parents that may or may not feel the same way about him. For all the bizarre moments and editing choices, scenes like this do add a needed gravity to the film. Hook and his pirates move Wendy's house to his ship, which I love she never wakes up through. And Hook tries to show he's not so blood hungry. Growing up is such a barbarous business. Things were simpler when I was younger. Middle, 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 middle age is not everything it's cracked up to be. Didst thou ever want to be a pirate? I once thought of calling myself Red-Handed Jill. Okay, that's actually a really good name. It sounds like the daughter of a Muppet that banged Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island. What a marvelous name! That's what we'll call you if you join us. Hook asks Wendy to think over his offer while his men return her. None of my crew will follow you. My new obsession is you. Dude, even the child catcher would be like, I don't know about you. Wendy is returned home as the boys hear Hook has a new pirate named Red-Handed Jill, which I think they can take on easily. I shall run her through. Then ready yourself, Peter Pan. How'd she do that? Where she's saying the name Peter Pan, but it sounds like she's saying the word bitch. I've forgotten. My parents. She convinces Michael and John to come home before their memories of it completely disappear. I have arranged a fairy guide to lead you back. I arranged it, I'm Fuber. Peter refuses to go with as Wendy tries to make him face reality. I want always to be a boy and have fun. I think it is your biggest pretend. Again, there are so many workarounds with this problem. Wendy leaves the hideout finding the pirates waiting and capturing them all. Except for Peter, who Hook can't reach because, well, he's a grown-up. Lest he should be taken alive, Hook always carried a poison. Am I the only one who thinks the narrator sounds like the audio descriptions most movies have? Hook pours Starbucks refresher into Pan's drink. Tinkerbell sacrifices herself by drinking it as everybody knows Starbucks beverages cause immediate diabetic comas. I'm so sorry, Tink. Please forgive me. As I mentioned, Tink does sacrifice herself when Peter won't listen. And in a clever workaround from getting the audience to chant they believe in fairies, he asks everybody in the movie to chant it. I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. Admittedly, I think this would have worked better if everybody in the real world was asleep. Since Neverland is the world of dreams, I would believe this somehow worked its way into people's dreams. But some of the grown-ups being awake is a little much. I do believe in fairies. I do! I do! Oh, excuse me, I was having a premonition where another me was trying to seduce and kill my own daughter. I'll write my own pink slip. Tink, of course, comes back to life and they fly towards the ship to save the day, just as Wendy tries to distract them by telling a story. Which one of them pirates called Noodler? Yes. Captain, oi, I'm in a star. That dude only got two lines, but screw it, he's my favorite pirate. Except maybe that guy, what the hell's his story? How it is Wendy. Walks the plank! They make Wendy walk the plank, but Peter of course saves her just in time. How dare you, Wilhelm, my men! They have a big fight with Wendy and the Lost Boys joining in, but Hook gets the fairy dust and takes to the air. It's Hook! He flies! He flies now! Hook tries to bring Peter down to bring Peter down. And they have a pretty fun time with the lighting as Pan's happy thoughts vanish the more he thinks about Wendy leaving him. You die alone and unloved. But don't you know, Peter? Your friends were the Wendy's we made along the way or something like that. 
Wendy confesses that even though she has to grow up, she still cares about it, which gives him all the happy thoughts he needs in the world. My God, if somebody told me Nookie was a thing, I would have grown up a long time ago. Peter defeats Hook and tosses him to the croc. Their next stop is London as they call all the fairies to lift the ship in the air in yet another series of beautiful imagery. Which you can finally take your kid to the theater bathroom o'clock. <laughs> they return home much to the joy of their mother and <sighs> attempting to be proper father. Okay, even as proper British stereotypes go, even the bad guy from Moulin Rouge is saying, Tea and crumpets, take it down a notch. Oh my angel. <laughs> he does eventually open up, and again, it's a touching moment, as it looks like the Lost Boys as well are looking for a home. I would like to introduce the Lost Boys. May I keep them? Christ, how do we go from missing three to gaining nine? But by a rather amazing coincidence, one of the Lost Boys' actual mother happens to be the ant. Is your name slightly? Yes. Hadouken! Then I am your mother. How do you know? I feel it in my bones. It's Dark Knight Rises logic. If you just kind of get a vibe, it's facts. Peter still stays distant, but vows to return to see Wendy grow up. You won't forget me, will you? Forget? Never. Take care, Elizabeth. Wendy! I know, Vanessa! And that was Peter Pan. It's... almost good? I think the biggest problem is the editing. It feels like there's another 15 or 20 minutes missing. I feel like that would help out a lot more of the awkward or rushed moments. But it is visually dazzling, despite its often cheap-looking effects. It is refreshing to hear so much of the original text in the big screen version. And the chemistry between Peter and Wendy is still very strong. You feel this compassion and need to understand each other as they're both struggling with what it means to grow up and carry more responsibility. And each shows that in their performance. In fact, most of the performances are pretty solid. So yeah, I don't know if it works all the way for adults, but I think kids growing up with it will like it fine enough. Not flawless, but still has a fair amount of happy thoughts. Unlike some other retelling of fairy tales. I'm the Nostalgia Critic, and I'll see you at the next one. And Hook is all alone. This month for Cameos for Charity, we're doing Beyond Hunger. We actually worked with them in the past, and they reflect the steadfast dedication and collaborative spirit of Oak Park River Forest Food Pantry in Illinois. They express their mission to end hunger in all the communities they serve, and this Thanksgiving, you can play a big part in helping many people not go hungry. So if you want a cameo from me saying happy birthday or good luck or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. Or if you're like, no, I hate you, go to hell, well, consider giving to this cause anyway. You could donate food, money, or even volunteer. It's a wonderful organization helping a ton of people, and you can help them in their journey.